My name is Deacon Brian. Welcome to the Shepherd of the Hills Sermons Podcast. Every week we share our Sunday morning sermons with you to keep these important conversations going. We hope you not only enjoy hearing our words of God's love for you, but will also feel compelled to share these words with everyone who needs to hear this message. As always, we encourage you to keep the conversation going at home, at work, and everywhere you go. Take a few moments to ask the questions that need to be asked and share the gospel with all. This week, I talk about the book of Ruth and the emotional responses to bad things that are happening to Naomi and how the people and God surround her and care for her. So sit back, relax, and let us dive into this week's story and sermon. Heard these stories of blessing, of God directly intervening into the lives and the narratives of people. This morning, though, we hear kind of a different sort of story. It's a story that doesn't quite seem to fit with all the others we've been listening to. This morning, we're introduced to some new characters. And from the very beginning of the story, nothing goes the way it's supposed to go for them. Naomi and Elimelech and their family must flee from Bethlehem because there is a famine in the land. Right off the bat, this in and of itself is ironic. Bethlehem in Hebrew is Beit Lechem, the house of bread. So literally, there is a famine in the house of bread. That's not supposed to happen. Then, to get away from this famine, the the family of Israelites has to flee to the country of Moab. Now, the Moabites are the most, the most hated by the Israelites. They did not let the Israelites, uh, the Moabites did not let the Israelites pass uh, during the Exodus and are frequently seen by the Israelites then as a lawless people. In fact, it was codified in the law of Deuteronomy that the Israelites shall not welcome these people into their community, nor shall they have any interaction with them ever. And yet, Naomi and Elimelech and their family find refuge from the famine in Bethlehem amongst the Moabites. That's not supposed to happen. And if all of that isn't crazy enough... The two sons of Naomi and Elimelech marry two Moabite women, Israelites and Moabites, marrying each other. That's definitely not supposed to happen. And then we find out that Naomi's husband dies, and both of her sons die, leaving Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah to fend for themselves. In a society and culture where a woman's future and security are directly tied to the well-being of the men in their lives, this clearly is not supposed to happen. The setting of the story of the book of Ruth is an interesting one. It's not only the fact that a lot of really bad things have been happening, but that this family has been placed into a situation which should have never happened in the first place. The bulk of our story this morning is focused on Naomi's travel back to Bethlehem. She has heard that the famine has ended and that it is safe to return home. 
The typical laws of this time period stated that a woman was not released from the family in which she married into because uh, they understood marriage to uh, continue past death. So in this case, the woman was basically uh, married to the family and not to the person. We can have a whole sermon about the craziness of that, but I'm going to blow past that part this morning. So, but because of all of this, Orpah and Ruth went with Naomi back to Bethlehem. But about halfway there, Naomi decided that this is, this is crazy and decided to release Ruth and Orpah so that they could go back home with their family and restart their lives. As we heard in our story, Orpah leaves, but Ruth decides to stay, devoting herself to her mother-in-law. Now, this is where we stopped in our reading this morning. And while all of that is quite fascinating, the best part of the story for me actually comes after this part of the narrative. In fact, it's right after this. In the very next verses of this first chapter, Naomi does make it back to Bethlehem with Ruth, the Moabite, from Moab, in case you didn't get it it the first time. We don't know how long Naomi was gone, but clearly they must have been gone for some time because when she returned into her community, they were stirred by her reappearance. And they asked each other, is this Naomi? Is this our Naomi? They welcomed her back and were excited to see her again, but the feelings were not mutual. Naomi was not necessarily thrilled to be back because, in fact, her return was the end of a story of all of those bad things that had happened to her since she first left. Her identity of Naomi, the Israelite from Bethlehem, wife of Elimelech and mother of Mahlon and Kilion, whose family was growing and prosperous in the land of Moab, was all gone. She felt that she was no longer Naomi. And so she said to her community, call me no longer Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? Lord, have mercy upon Naomi. I think we can all recall that time, or perhaps we might even be in that time now, when it simply feels that the Lord is just dealing bitterly with us when it feels like our identity is being stripped from us, when we would rather be called Mara, bitter, than by our own name, a name given to us and filled with stories and memories of who we were. What I love about this story is just how relatable it is. All of these characters in the biblical story have gone through the things that we go through And we know because of these stories that God remains with us always, always present and always caring. But in this story of Naomi and Ruth back in Bethlehem, we don't necessarily hear a big grand narrative of God's presence. 
We don't see God's presence in the story, and I don't think that we can even assume necessarily that these characters knew that God was with them. That is, until the very end of the story. The book of Ruth is only four chapters long, and I encourage you to take some time to read the story from beginning to end. It's a simple read, and it's kind of an interesting story. We hear of Ruth uh, back in Bethlehem uh, going out into a field and meeting a man named Boaz who finds favor with her. They meet several more times before eventually marrying each other. And after they marry, they have a child together. And this is where Naomi can finally see God's presence with her and her whole family. The end of the story, the end of chapter four, of chapter four goes like this. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. Sometimes we can be deep in the darkness, it feels that we are abandoned by God at best or punished by God at worst. There are times in our lives when nothing goes right, when everything seems wrong. And just when you think it can't get any worse, it does. Those times can be life and identity stripping. You may feel that even in the midst of your beloved community, you can no longer be who you used to be. And yet, somehow, you grow. And somehow, new life is made within you. Somehow, you can find love again and be made whole again. It takes time, and it may even take years afterwards to be able to even see God walking alongside you, like Ruth, who walked alongside Naomi. It can be hard to understand why this is happening, and that question, as I'm sure you know, will probably never be answered. But if the story of Naomi and Ruth can teach us anything, it's that out of great darkness always comes light and life for the whole world. Out of the darkness comes witness and a reference of a God who does love us and is present with us, especially in the deepest dark of the night. Yes, this morning we hear a story of hope, a story which is for us and for everyone else. And I urge you this morning to go and seek out the darkness and point out that little bit of spark that is in it. Fan that little light so that it grows into a big fire, a fire that sheds its light brightly and banishes the darkness for all. And slowly, too slowly, the darkness will fade, and we will emerge a new life and a new promise of God's love for all 
will be in each and every one of us. Amen. Thanks for stopping by and listening to the Shepherd of the Hills Sermons podcast. For more information about Shepherd of the Hills, please check out SothChurch.com or find us on Facebook. Feel free to share this sermon and be sure to follow us on social media and wherever you find your podcast. Go in peace, serve the Lord.